Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, it's Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio. Excited for another episode, and I'm really excited because a friend of mine, Dan Gingis, is going to be our feature interview today. You'll hear more about Dan and what he does, but let me tell you, he is a customer service, social media customer care uh, expert. I uh, Really, I've known Dan for a number of years, but I got to know him a lot better recently at the Social Media Marketing World Conference that was held out in San Diego earlier this year, where, by the way, uh, social media marketing took customer service and actually made a track on social media customer care. And they had, I believe it was six uh, different programs with different speakers and panels because it is becoming a major part of customer service. But I want to first share with you before we get into the interview an interesting concept that I was talking about with a gentleman today uh, from a company called WalkMe. Great company. Uh, you can learn more about it if you want to Google them online. But one of the concepts uh, he said uh, to me was, you can't buy customer service. And I go, what do you mean? A customer, a customer can spend more money to go to a higher quality store to get better service. I mean, that's. I'm not saying that Walmart doesn't give great service. They, in fact, give very friendly service. But it's not like going to Nordstrom where you pay a little bit more and you've got salespeople in every aisle helping you out or in, you know, in every department. There's more than enough people. And the service experience is different. Uh, you can go to a Ritz-Carlton or a Four Seasons and spend a lot more than you might at the Motel 6 or the Super 8. And I believe you can pay for service. And he quickly said, that's not what I'm talking about. As a company, as a retailer, as a manufacturer, B2B, B2C, it doesn't matter what he was saying was, as a company, you can't buy customer service and then, you know, turn around and sell it. I go, wow, that's an interesting concept. But then as I thought about it more, and he and I were brainstorming, we came up with what I think is going to be a great article, so that should be coming out in the next couple, three months, is that you can, in fact, buy customer service. Just as you would buy any, if you are a retailer and you're buying, a, let's say you're a clothing retailer and you buy you know, some clothes and you buy them wholesale and then you mark them up and you sell them retail, I believe you can do the same thing with customer service and customer experience. And this is how it works. Let's use just basic customer service. You decide you want to be better at customer service. And by the way, all things being equal, the company that can provide a better service experience, when I say all things, meaning the products are the same, the price is the same, customer service will win. And it will allow that to be the differentiator that tips the scale. And I'll go a step further and say that if you deliver a higher level of customer service, not only do you win in the commodity market of whatever it is that you sell, but you also win in the pricing because people are willing to pay a little bit more for great service. So how do you buy service, turn around, and market up? And it's simple. You do. Uh, you go to somebody, some company, and you bring in a, a resource that will help turn the culture to a customer-focused culture, and then we'll train people to do so. And there is a cost to training, no doubt about it. But it actually 
pays far more than it will end up costing a company. So you bring in somebody to do training. Uh, they train a company, whether it's a company that has 10 people, 50 people, 5,000, 50,000 people. It takes longer to scale out a customer service program. But what happens is this. You pay for the product and that product is training. And then these people learn it, and then they start delivering on it, and the customer says, wow, I like this. They start coming back more and more. They become loyal, and all of a sudden, you're able to charge a little bit more. Hence, you're taking the customer service, buying the training, you're turning it around, and you're marking it up. In effect, you're just raising your prices a little bit because you can afford to do so because customers are coming back, and they're saying, we love what it is that you sell, not just the product, but also the experience that you give us with the product. So you can buy customer service and customer experience, but what you do with it once you buy it, that's the key. All right, enough of that. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with Dan Gingas about social customer service. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. We'll be right back. Shep Hygen here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's shepondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Well, we're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I promised you we're going to have an amazing interview with a guy named Dan Gingis, who is currently the head of digital marketing for a Fortune 100 healthcare company. But that's not what makes him so impressive. The fact that he oversees social media marketing and customer service, SEO strategies, paid search, and email marketing for this company is definitely not what makes him impressive. What makes him impressive is everything that's led up to that point. And that is where I first met him. He was working with Discover, uh, as in the Discover card, the cool commercials where we treat you like you treat you or something like that. Dan can fill us in on that if he wants. But what's cool about this is when Dan was involved in uh, in in customer service and digital marketing and the experience, the company, Discover, uh, won its first J.D. Power Award for the highest in customer satisfaction. Now, that impresses me, uh, not just because he does all those amazing things, even more so he's a good-looking guy, even more so impressive. <laughs> Dan, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Well, thank you, Shep. I think you said that just because we share the same hairdo. We do. And you know what? From behind, you can't tell us apart. <laughs> That's true. So you and I uh, met, gosh, probably about two or three years ago at a social media conference. I think it was called Social Media World. What, what was it called? Uh, social help me out on that one. Uh, social Shakeup. Social Shakeup. It was the Social Shakeup. I just love that title. Shake it up, baby. And, and we did. We were on a panel together. We talked about how um, customer service is the new marketing. And I believe it is. But before we get into that, quick little background on yourself. Why don't you share some things about you that we should know? Sure. Well, I have really, I'm really a marketer by trade. Um, I've been doing marketing for m most of my career from right out of college 
um, where I was at a direct-to-consumer collectibles company that that sold plates, dolls, figurines, uh, sports paraphernalia, etc. Uh, and I learned all of the um, basics of direct mail and uh, newspaper magazine advertising, the Sunday coupons, etc. Um, went to business school at Kellogg and really solidified both the, the marketing education as well as um, operations and, and management. Uh, and then entered um, financial services for a while, uh, both at a company where I was doing B2B for about four years and then almost 10 years at Discover. Um, and at Discover, I had a wide variety of roles, um, product management, rewards and loyalty program marketing, um, acquisition marketing, and then ultimately in the digital area where I was responsible for digital customer experience. And um, that was really cool because it not only gave me a step into social media, but it also uh, helped me learn about how the digital experience is really driving the overall customer experience today um, in a lot of different industries, in particular in, in credit cards. Um, the vast majority of people now are trying to handle their credit card engagement almost exclusively online. So the website and the mobile app experience makes such a difference to overall satisfaction. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned J.D. Power. That was a great accomplishment. We also won um, some other awards on the on the website um, specifically for how we delivered um, self-service uh, opportunities for customers. So that was also uh, really cool. And then... Um, I recently uh, started at now about seven months at a at a new role, trying to expand my skill set um, to other digital marketing channels that I hadn't been exposed to before. So I'm still doing social media and social care, um, but now doing, as you mentioned, SEO and search and email and some mobile marketing. So that's been great to round out the skill set. And then, as you know, um, on the side, um, I host a podcast. I was going to mention um, that. Yep. I was waiting for the time to jump in. Focus on customer service. I think that's a pretty direct title. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, it might not be the most creative, but, uh, but the reason for it was that it created a hashtag F-O-C-S, which I thought was cool because it uh, sort of spells out the word focus. Um, so it was, that's how we chose it. And that's how it I still... spelled it, by the way, on my spelling test, and I got an X <laughs> next to it, so I'm sorry. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is still, uh, to my knowledge, the only podcast out there that is um, that is focused exclusively on social customer service. There's lots of podcasts out there on customer service. There's lots of podcasts out there on social media marketing. Um, but we talk to brands who are who have really figured out how to do social care well, and we try to extract best practices and learning so that companies that are just starting out or smaller companies that maybe don't have the big budgets or the big companies can learn and, and figure out how they too can deliver um, excellent service on social media. Well, hopefully you'll share some of those ideas. Hey, did, by any chance, did you uh, ever have Professor Lou Stearns at Kellogg? I did not. Oh man, that guy's a genius. Uh, he rocked my world, I guess about 10, 12 years ago, I went to a, a seminar and he he ran it, full-day program with this guy. Anyway, let's get into the content. Customer services and new marketing. Explain why. Well, really where, where this comes to fruition is that 
we've seen over the last couple of years this um, integration of the offline experience and the online experience. And I think that what's really a challenge for people that work in social media is they're almost by nature digital first people um, and sometimes digital only people. But the reality is when you work in social media, a lot of what customers are talking about is their experience that happened somewhere else. Um, so an offline experience that that either was happy or or not happy. And one of the things that I've seen is that um, customers willingness to share um, really is related to the emotion that we're creating as a company. And that emotion is created based on whether we are exceeding, meeting, or missing our customers' expectations. So you probably can guess that when we miss customer expectations, we make them sad, um, and that causes them to be really eager to share with the world that we missed their expectations. Bummer. On the other end, when we exceed their expectations, unfortunately, because that's still a surprise for a lot of people, that makes them really happy, and that also increases their willingness to share. Excellent. I think the problem yeah. is is that most companies are, are in the middle, where we're barely meeting customer expectations, which you know doesn't really create any emotion at all and doesn't create any willingness to share. So my belief is that as customers are sharing their experiences online with us, it gives us an opportunity to show the rest of the world what we're doing well. And when we respond to a customer, even an angry customer, uh, with empathy, uh, with helpfulness, and with understanding, we can show other people who might not even be our customers that we're a great company to deal with and that when you have a problem, we're here to service you. And so in that sense, the customer service becomes a marketing effort because the cool thing about social media is it's the only customer service channel that's public and that's what makes it different from any other service channel everything else is a one-to-one -one, but in social it's all happening in front of everybody right and and some social channels are allowing you to go direct to them like twitter has the direct message function as a matter of fact uh sometimes that's the easiest way to get to a company quickly um but it, anyway i don't want to digress on that one, I believe that what makes customer service the new marketing is it's – and you've, you've hit on it in a, in a much more detailed answer. But to sum it up, customers talk about us. Ideally, they talk about us in good terms, not bad terms, but customers talk about us. That's the best marketing that we can ever have. We, we, we pay for it in a sense in that we provide this amazing service and we work very hard. We train our people and we spend the money to create a process perhaps that would be able to deliver the service. But in the end, rather than go out and place an ad that says, that says hey, we promise if you try us, we'll give you good service, isn't it better to have a customer walk out and say, boy, they're the most amazing company I've ever dealt with. I'm going to tell all my friends about them. Yeah, I totally agree. It's the difference between showing and telling. And, you know, I loved the Discover commercials that you mentioned that said, um, we treat you like you treat you. But the reality is, is those commercials were telling people that we had good customer service. In social media, we were able to show people that we had great customer service. So you don't have to believe me or the brand. You can actually see it for yourself and you can see how we engage with other people and you can make a decision. Hey, is this the kind of company that I want to deal with? Right. Uh, Tom Baldwin is a friend of mine. He's the uh, former CEO of Morton's, and I've talked about him on the show before. Uh, basically, he says, my marketing department 
are the servers, the bussers, the people in the kitchen that are creating the product. They're my marketing department. And uh, the customer, they're my walking billboards. And if you notice, Morton's doesn't spend money on traditional advertising you know, in a magazine or uh, on a radio or a TV show. They let their customers do the work for them. By the way, I, a plug for Morton's. Uh, I just was there the other night. Took my son there. He he was in town, and we had a phenomenal meal. And they delivered on what they promise. Well, I have another example for you that's kind of uh, humorous because it's in reverse. Um, one of the best podcast episodes that we did was with a guy by the name of Scott Wise, and he owns Scotty's Brew House, which is uh, I think it's twelve or thirteen um, brew houses in Indiana, and he's now expanding into Illinois and Florida and some other states. And one of the things that stuck out to me about that episode um, that he said was when people ask me what business I'm in, I don't answer that I'm in the restaurant business. I answer that I'm in the customer service business. And I said, I pushed him on it and I said, well, so does that mean that you think that service is more important than, say, the quality of the food at the restaurant? He said, absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that you can have a restaurant with the best food ever. And if it has horrible service, nobody's coming back. And Or you can have a restaurant that has really great food and amazing service, and your customers are going to talk about you and tell their friends, and they're going to come back and be loyal. Now, what happens if you have the best service in the world and not so good of food? I think that's probably still a troubling situation, mm-hmm. although I, I certainly find in my own life that I am more forgiving of a problem with the product or service if the service, you know, the customer service is good. If you get somebody on the other line who's empathetic and friendly and willing to help and fix the problem, I'm definitely more willing to give them another shot. Yeah, unless it happens over and over and over again. And and I have this concept, I believe it's quality at every turn. Quality service is a must. Quality product is a must. The product doesn't, and this, by the way, came straight from Lou Stearns at Kellogg Business School. Talk about a uh, callback. Uh, He said, if the product does what it's supposed to do and you give lousy service, the customer will go find another place that has a similar product that makes him feel better. Conversely, if all you have is great service and the product doesn't do what it's supposed to do, they'll they'll take a little abuse from a different company to get the product that they want. There is a point where they'll go, oh, I've got to find someone else. At the end of the day, it's one plus one. Great product, great service. The sum is greater than the parts, which, by the way, is a great point for us to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about this, and we're going to talk about why social media and customer service and really in business is so important. Dan, you're going to enlighten us on that. Can't wait. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Doesn't everyone love Disney? I know I do. And I also love a great book. And Lessons from the Mouse by Dennis Snow is an excellent book. Dennis shares 10 practical principles from Disney and entertains as he educates. So check out Dennis Snow's book on Amazon.com. Once again, it's titled Lessons from the Mouse, a guide for applying Disney World's secrets of success to your organization, your career, and your life. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Dan Gingis, who is one of the co-hosts of Focus on Customer Service, a great podcast that uh, 
you should also be listening to. And we were just talking uh, about his friend in the restaurant business. Anything you want to add to that before we jump into the next topic? Yeah, well, you know, you mentioned that um, that the product or service really has to be uh, good. Otherwise, uh, the customer service doesn't matter as much. And I think that's right. One of the things that we've seen is that a lot of executives are afraid of social media because they're afraid of getting complaints. But the reality is, is that when people complain about your product or service, they care. I mean, they're taking time out of their day to um, contact you and tell you what's wrong with your product or service. And I think companies that are open to hearing that and doing something about it um, have a tremendous advantage because your customers are your eyes and ears. They're the ones using your product every day. And if there's something wrong with it, you are going to hear about it in social media probably first. And your ability to close that feedback loop um, within your company and fix the inherent problem will lead to both happy customers and fewer complaints. So I think that's a really important thing for people to remember that if you're going to enter the social media customer service space, you got to make sure that your product or service is uh, pretty decent to begin with. And I also like to tell people that you've got to be pretty good at customer service in private before you go out and try to do it in public. Otherwise, you're going to be exposed. Right. Now, you use the word if you're going to get into social media. I don't think there's an if anymore. I think it's it's happening whether you want it to or not. And if it hasn't happened to you, it's going to. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that, but I think it, it's everybody's – if you're not into this, you're at risk. Yeah, I totally agree. But the reality is is that you know Twitter's own statistics say that um, that – more than half of complaints to brands are going unanswered. So isn't those that a brands, shame? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a big shame. And so those brands are probably in social media, so to speak, but they are for some reason deciding that they don't want to engage uh, on a customer service level. And I think that's a big mistake. Right. So and, and that's the issue. Is I, I remember just a few years ago going to an event. Uh, Stella Service is one of my favorite companies. Uh, they had an event where they brought people together, and Amazon had announced they're finally getting into monitoring social media channels. And and even though this was a few years ago where it was still fairly new, it like really surprised me how long it took for a company like Amazon, that's an online company, to get into it. And you talk about uh, – I, I actually, you wrote a great article about Twitter recently, and we just had uh, Jeff Lesser – uh, interviewed him uh, about from Twitter, who actually created uh, or is involved in creating the business side of customer service for Twitter. Let's talk about that because I think Twitter is a total, uh, as Jay Bear calls it, a spectator sport for customer service. Somebody's going to tweet out a comment, good or bad. Company is going to respond, hopefully quickly, and everybody's watching to see what's going to happen. Yeah, and uh, Jeff Lesser's a great guy. We had him on our podcast as well. And, you know, one of the things that is really interesting is his job is to market Twitter as a customer service channel. And Twitter believes that they can and should be the customer service channel of choice um, for for consumers. Um, And so they've been working very hard to create an environment uh, so that that's true. And one of the changes that they made most recently that's really interesting is today, if you start a tweet with somebody's handle, 
the only people that see that tweet are you, the person that you're tweeting to. And if there happens to be anybody that follows both of you, they will also see that tweet in the feed. Twitter's changes are going to make a tweet that starts with a handle public to everybody. And so what that does is it actually exacerbates this spectator sport thing because it makes really all engagements with brands public. And that's going to make it even more important that brands participate. And Twitter knows that. And so uh, they're not happy, as I understand, with that stat, about more than half of a company's not responding. And, and they believe this is a, a key source of um, user growth, which is one of the things, if you follow their stock, that's one of the things that they've been struggling to get. Uh, and so that's something that I'm following really carefully. I think on Facebook, you've got the same thing, is that it's a, it's a uh, spectator sport. Um, when I post on somebody's wall, um, anybody who's there uh, can see that. And um, one of the things about Facebook that is very different is that you can write as much as you want. And so, you know, especially if somebody's had a bad experience, you're going to get all the gory details on mm -hmm. Facebook. Um, and, you know, that can be disconcerting. But again, the same rules apply. If you can respond in a personalized way, show some empathy, offer to help, be friendly, um, you can turn around an unhappy customer into a happy one. And one of my favorite examples of that was um, when I was at Discover, somebody posted on our wall that um, they were uh, upset, imagine this, that we were sending them too much mail. And, um, and in fact, that we were trying too hard uh, with our acquisition pieces to get them to sign up for a card. And when we responded back um, with a little quip about, you know, wow, we must really want you as a customer, uh, and then offering to help and, and take their name off the list, the guy immediately wrote back and said, okay, I'll bite. I'm going to apply for a car just because of your great service. And, and so the fact we took that a guy you responded that, in, in a short period of time, and you probably did it in a very nice way and the, in a fun way. I mean, those commercials are fun. Discover, even though it's a pretty seriously big company in the financial services world, can still have fun. Yeah, and I think that it's about – in social media, no matter what your brand is, it's about showing some personality. And, um, you know, it's like in the phone, in the phone business, uh, you've got the IVRs, right? And, and there's nothing more frustrating than getting stuck with a computer that is, you know, offering you choices that you that, that don't match your question, that's not allowing you to talk to a human. And so in social, people want that human experience. They want the one-to-one the -one human interaction. And so, you know, companies that can do that, in a personalized way, but also, as you say, with some personality, um, really makes them stand out. And again, this all happens in public, so other people see it as well, and other people watched that guy go from being a detractor to being a new customer. Right, and, and I think that what happens is it starts out public, and a company should immediately take a problem situation and go into direct message mode. And that is, you know, now it's one-on-one -on -one with the customer. Staying on the same channel, I might add. If you have to move them to a channel, you don't go from Twitter to Facebook. You go from Twitter to the telephone uh, most of the time. And, and you, you deal with that customer. Um, I, I, and by the way, in the perfect situation, you'd come out of the direct message mode and go back into public mode and say, hey, thanks for letting me take care of you. And hopefully that customer is going to respond positively. Absolutely. It's very important that um, if you have to take people offline, 
that you still come back to the public forum so that anybody else that is observing the interaction knows that you solved the problem. Um, there's many reasons why you would take somebody offline, um, in particular, and in, in, especially in regulated industries, you know, any uh, personal information, um, be it credit card information or health information, you just can't talk about that in, um, in public, even if the customer is talking about it. Um, but otherwise, I would say that, you know, while taking somebody offline is a good solution, um, be careful that that's not your initial gut instinct to do every time somebody's upset because again then dan gingas who is not your customer who goes and looks at your feed all he sees is that for every person that that, that uh, tweets at you or posts on your page you just ask him to dm you and that doesn't look very personal it doesn't look like um you know that there's a human behind it it looks like you're trying to hide any problems yeah a couple um, or three interactions works and then uh maybe it can be resolved quickly and you don't have to go offline uh or dm uh but you know i think that people will see I, I, the goal is you want to see closure you know I, I, absolutely that, but also as a as a company you know when somebody is is complaining about something or having a problem they're likely not the only person and so if you're able to answer the problem publicly you're also answering it for other people who might have the problem and it would be great if we could measure this and, and i have not figured out a way yet um, but i do believe that by answering problems publicly you're actually reducing your customer service costs because somebody else sees that and says ah you know i had that same question too and now instead of having to call you um, or tweet at you, they've already got the resolution. And to take it to the next level, when somebody complains, if you've heard that complaint before, I have to wonder why we're hearing it again. Now, maybe we used to hear it 100 times a month, and because we're doing a lot to, to try to resolve the issue, we're only hearing it 10 times a month, so we've we've done a good job on that. But it's a gift. When somebody tells you they're upset about something, like you said, there are other people that are probably just as upset Let's figure out how to not only solve this customer's problem, but let's figure out how to keep it from ever happening again or reducing it dramatically. Absolutely. I mean, I agree. Feedback is a gift. Um, you know, in, in Jay Bear's research recently, he was talking about the number of people that actually take the time to complain is really, really small. What happens with most people is they just leave and they go to one of your competitors. So the fact that somebody's taking the time out to tell you that there's something wrong in any channel, whether they're calling you or emailing you or tweeting at you, um, really means that they care about the relationship and that likely they want to continue the relationship. Um, and so then it's up to you to, to kind of, um, you know, make sure that's a two-way street. Now, granted, there are people, as Jay says in his uh, Hug Your Haters book, there are people that are just looking for an audience and they're not looking for an answer. They just want to vent and they want to vent in public uh, and that makes them feel better. And um, But what's interesting is even those people, when you respond to them, are usually taken by surprise in a pleasant way and can change their opinion of your brand as well. Right, which is a goal. All right, we're running out of time. Um one last thing you'd like to share with us tied to social media, social care, uh, anything related to what we've talked about. If there's one thing that you make sure that you want to make sure that this audience hears and knows, what would it be? Well, I think that your audience by nature uh, understands that customer service is important in social media. One of the struggles that I found um, as a marketer at heart 
is that marketing people often don't want to deal with customer service and social media. They feel like that's a um, operations center problem, a call center problem. And I would argue that marketers have to be really, really engaged with customer service on social as well. Because when you post something, when you post marketing uh, or a, any sort of post on social media, you're looking for engagement. And some of the engagement that you get is going to be based on the marketing that you've put out there. But almost always, you're going to get engagement that's actually customer service related in response. And so if you're not aware of that, if you're not preparing your call, your call center for that, if you're spending lots of money on a promotional campaign, um, you know, when you've been spending almost no money and all of a sudden the call center has an onslaught of tweets and posts that they, they can't answer fast enough, you're doing real damage to your brand. And so um, I think what I would say is that this is when we say customer service is the new marketing. Um, I think one of the things that I really mean is that customer service and marketing are becoming integrated. And that means that marketers have to care about customer service. Customer service professionals have to care about marketing. And when they're working hand in hand is when you see some of the great companies we've had on our podcast and others that you've interviewed, that's when when the magic happens. Great thoughts, great uh, advice, great experience that you're sharing with us. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Dan Gingas, who is sharing incredible information. It's why we call this Amazing Business Radio, because, Dan, you are amazing. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you, Chef. I really appreciate it. You also are amazing, and I love following your work, so it's an honor to be here with you. Well, thank you very much. All right, everybody, that wraps it up for this episode. We'll be back again with another amazing interview on something related to, oh, my favorite topic, customer service. In the meantime, remember, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.